The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate it. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a great day in church tomorrow, or church yesterday, rather. Uh, It's a great opportunity to worship the Lord, to be around God's family and church family, and really hope you had a great weekend with family and with church. Uh, We are in 2 Corinthians as we are going to work our way towards the end of chapter 11 today. I'm sorry, chapter 12, rather, and we'll work our way into the last chapter here in a couple days. We'll talk about the next book we're going to go to. Um, I'm going to kind of connect, generally speaking, most books, most Bible, study Bibles, break up these two sections of Scripture, really talking about Paul's truth, he, he, you know, the reality that he was an apostle and his proof of apostleship, and then his heart for the church. I'm going to kind of work through both of these, uh, more than likely get done in one episode, but if not, we'll just pick up tomorrow. I would like to keep these around 10 minutes. And uh, so if you're following along, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to start in verse 11. Paul says this, I have become a fool boasting, you have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended by you. For nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. For what is it in in which you were inferior to other churches, except that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. So Paul starts in the first three verses there, first uh, three verses, and walks to the idea of saying why... It's easy to explain that he was an apostle. Again, he's kind of concluding this idea, working through this idea of whether your false teachers were kind of criticizing him, telling him that his teaching was wrong. He was not a valid one. They had more, you know, experience maybe, maybe more talent and ability. They were just using these other aspects, and God had been God had chosen Paul. Now, most of us, you know, in history, we look back in history, we look back on the apostle Paul, we all see him as probably one of the greatest Christians to have ever lived, to uh, come out with such zeal, to deal with such persecution, uh, Uh, to really be used of God most effectively in his gifts. And yet we look at this, and yet you look back and say, in those days, Paul wasn't seen as anything crazy special. At least the criticisms to him in this church were enough that Paul had to defend himself. He starts off and says, because I'm boasting, because I've become a fool in boasting, you've compelled me, because you put me in a spot where I had to brag on myself a bit, because I have become a fool in this human standpoint, the human standpoint that we had to compare that my teachings validated by my ability or things of that nature was silly. Paul's struggling with that, and he says, this is a church, you've, you've put me in a place to where I've had to defend myself in my position instead of just teaching Jesus. And he said, I I feel like, because I feel like we sh- I should have been commended. I should have been lifted up. I should have been encouraged by you. Um, he goes, I'm not striving to say I'm better than anybody else, but you can see, he says, the signs of the apostles were accomplished. You could see God's working in my life. And so Paul starts in these first three verses, and he's just stating that God's working in him as the apostle was obvious. He didn't have to compete with the false teachers and things of that nature. The church should have recognized this. And it's a great challenge, the church, to recognize the working of the Holy Spirit and the lives of leadership in the pastoral position, in the leadership position in the church. It's a good thing that we hope for and that we strive for, that, that you should see God working in their life. 
as well. But then he continues down in verse 14, and he jumps into this idea of he shows his great heart for this church. Remember, Paul had started this church as he had started many other churches, and he'd sent, we'll see in a little bit, sent people down to help pastor, and he continued to it. He wasn't necessarily, he was an apostle, more an evangelist, missionary type, not a pastor. He didn't stay there. He'd send other people to do that. But he's writing back to him kind of as a father figure, as the big planner of this church, and writing back as a father figure to them. And he says, he starts up in verse 14, he says, now the third time I was ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I do not seek yours but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Now, so this is where you get to see a bit of his, his fatherly perspective on this. He says, when I come the third time, I'm, here's what he's talking about. I'm not coming trying to get you to give me money. He says, if I'm going to come and minister, I'm not looking for you to provide for me financially. I'm not looking for you to give me finances. That's not why I'm coming. I'm coming to minister to you. So I'm not going to add burden to you. And he knew that, and I guess you would say some of the weakness of the church, where the church is kind of struggling in some of this area. He says, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to come. I just want to come minister to you. He goes, a child, that's what he goes. He looks at the church as his children. A child does not take care of the parents or lay aside for the parents. The parents lay aside for the children. And he talks about what would be a great family structure. Uh, you know, when we as parents grow, we should leave legacy of many things, from spiritual legacy, maybe financial legacy, whatever, be back to our kids. It's not the other way around, he's saying. And then he says, verse 15, he goes, I will, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. He says, I didn't come to get money from you. I came to minister to you, and I would be great to spend who I am and my energy for you. He goes, and even in some cases, I've noticed the more I love the church, the less it seems the church loves me back. And unfortunately, if you go back and read the first letter of uh, Corinthians, he wrote, and he was a bit confrontational over their lifestyle, things that not only they were doing, they were allowing into the church, and he had confronted them. And so he'd mentioned more than once in the second letter how sometimes I'm glad you took it well. I wasn't sure if you'd take that first letter well. So he starts here and he says that sometimes because of my honesty to you, I'm learning that I can love you, but sometimes it doesn't always mean that that is returned because the less I am loved. Verse 16, he says, but that, uh, but be that as may, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you by cunning. Did I take advantage of you by any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus and sent our brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Did we not walk in the same steps? And so he starts off and he's saying, when we came, we weren't coming to take from you. We were coming to minister to you. Because when I sent Titus, I don't think we took advantage of you again. Back trying to talk about the spirit of the church. And I'm assuming in this that there was a lot of criticisms towards Paul trying to take from the church. He goes, I didn't put burden on you. I'm literally looking at this as we came to minister to you and to show you love as we did this. In verse 90, he sent us again. Do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? No, he goes, we're not about to, we don't explain ourselves to you. He says, we speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. He goes, I am not here, and he's got a good point from a preacher, and this is not an arrogant comment. He goes, I'm not trying to explain myself to you, but to God. I hope we understand that this is not a level of arrogance. Here's what it would be in my position. My job is to preach to an audience of one. So now that doesn't mean that if I preach something that someone didn't like, well, get over it. Here's what it means. I should be so prepared 
and so spent so much time in study and in prayer and in preparation that I know when I get up to teach, when I get up to preach, I'm preaching what Jesus wants me to. And so therefore in that scenario, there's a comfort because some people are going to love it and embrace it, some people not so much. And that's what he's, what he's saying. He said, my desire is to honor God. I'm not necessarily trying always to make everybody happy because that, that will never happen. He says, um, verse 20, for I fear lest when I, shall, when I come, I shall not find you as such as I wish, that I shall be found by you as such as you, you do not wish. Lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. Lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you. And I will mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, lewdness, in which they have practiced. So here's what he's simply saying here. He goes, here's my fear. My fear is when I come back, when I come to this third visit, I'm afraid I'm going to get there and find that the challenges that I gave you in 1 Corinthians, that first letter, the things I tell, told you to change, the things I told you to get away from, I'm afraid that I'm going to get there and find out you're still living that way. And some of you won't want me to come because you know I'm going to confront it. You know I'm going to point it out. So the people were a little nervous, said he would come. He's afraid you're not going to want me there. And if I come i'm not gonna i wish i'd come and see people who had repented who had confessed and had grown in christ he's i'm afraid i'm going to get there and i'm going to find that's not true and obviously it might be the reason that many of the church were still following the false teachers you see false teachers are not as concerned about getting people in line with scripture as they are just being liked and being followed that would be social media and you know influencers preachers like that because we're not as concerned about making sure you're growing christ and get right with god as you are just following us so Paul is saying, that's what I hope. I hope that I don't come and find you wrong still in living in sin, but I hope I find you come closer to God. What you see in these two, in this little bit larger section of scripture, is you see a heart for Paul, you see a heart of a preacher, really a heart of an apostle. First part talks about how who he was. And today there is no apostle. That position was only in this time. Uh, and so you can't compare the pastor to the apostle. It's a very different scenario. But I can say from the pastor's point of view that there's a bit of what he talks about there. The heart to see people grow. The heart to see people encouraged in the word of God. The heart to see people make decisions to walk away from the world and sin and closer to Jesus. And it's not something that you do because we said it. It's not something we force. It's something, he says, we are happy to invest our lives into people. Invest our lives serving God with the goal that they would be pointed to Jesus. That is the heart. So hopefully you're being you know, encouraged. Know that you have people here at this church at Grace Baptist that love you, that pray for you, that desire uh, to see you grow. And it's not out of ambition. It's just about to see you grow closer to Jesus. And that would be in your staff, in your elders, and in the people around you, the small groups. They love you. They pray for you. And what a place to be that you can find that level of encouragement, that you're loved where you are and encouraged to grow and to find your full purpose in Jesus. Well, thanks again for joining us this morning as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. Hope it's a help. Hope it's an encouragement. Join us as we have a couple more episodes. We finish up the book of 2 Corinthians and then we'll continue to another book. Thanks for joining us again today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.